0: Fresh out the oven. It's Cinema Bums. I'm Emmett. And I'm Wade. Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie in popular film franchises, one each week, to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today we are concluding our mini-series, What is all this Scream time doing to our children? Covering every film in the Scream series. We will fully spoil today's film, but we will not spoil any future entries in the series because there are currently none. Wade? How are you doing today? I'm good, Emma. How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm doing especially well because today we are honored to have a special guest. He's a great actor, a true horror movie aficionado, but perhaps best known to our audience for maybe being the biggest Scream fan in the world. Please welcome Jonathan Thor Reigns. Hello,
1: everyone. Hello. It is I. <laughs> All those things are true. It's true. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Thor. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Now, Thor, what is your uh, previous experience with the Scream movie series and particular Scream 4?
1: The first movie came out when I would have been six, and uh-huh. my mother took us, my brother and I, to go see the movie. No
0: and kidding.
1: <laughs> she did. And we sat in the front row. And oh, my God. The line at the beginning of the movie when Drew Barrymore's on the phone and he says, I want to know who I'm looking at freaked Mm -hmm. me out and i was like mom can i please sit with you so i sat with her through the rest of the movie but then you'll get a kick out of this it came out like to buy and she made us memorize the first scene of the movie
0: (laughs) what she
1: did (laughs) so i was i was drew and my brother was older so he played the killer and whenever (laughs) um people would come over to the house like guess she would make us perform it for them (laughs)
0: Oh, my God.
1: And I still know it. When she goes outside, we would, like, okay, everybody, intermission. So we'd make them go outside and get, like, set up. And then we're, like, okay, everyone gets to go. And then I would, like, sneak out the door, and he's still, like, on the phone. And then he kills me, and then we became the parents. So I was the mom, and he was the dad. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Uh, They didn't come over very often. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to to <laughs> keep people from ever coming back to your house.
1: Yes, I think that's why uh, they're kind of misanthropic now. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, and we just grew up uh, really liking the series. Uh, we would go see all of them together um, and actually part four came out on my mom's birthday in I 2011. Mm-hmm. I got told I was tacky for taking her to see that for her birthday, but you know what? Screw that. And if she loves it. She loved it. We had a good time. So that's personal connection with the entire franchise but particularly the fourth one we went and saw that for my mom's birthday it was a good time i enjoyed it
0: i think it's really sweet to hear like you you say it's like got such a strong family connection for you because Mm -hmm. this is a movie series about families Uh, it's a lot about uh moms and older brothers throughout Mm -hmm. this (laughs) throughout (laughs) this franchise so i think that's that's really cool cool connection to have with it and to have it from such a young age. Yeah, we, we grew up watching Wild. scary movies just
1: in general. That's what my mom liked. Um, so
0: that's what I was raised on. But is Scream like the top for you? Or how does it relate to the other horror movies you grew up with?
1: Yeah, Scream's definitely my favorite. My mom's favorite is Halloween. So that's like her franchise. And then my mm. brother really likes I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's his
0: favorite. Mm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay.
1: We all kind of have our own thing out of those.
0: Have you seen the new Halloween?
1: I actually saw it for the Halloween sixth kills. the sixth time last night.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so it's good. Um the
1: first time I watched it I was very on the fence about it. And then the more I watched it and read things about it and like what they were going for, I started to appreciate it a lot more and what it had to say. There's a lot there's a lot of subtext and stuff in it. Hmm. And I ended up I really I like it and I'm excited for the next one. I actually had an audition for that movie. Whoa. Wow. Didn't get it.
0: For the second one or for
1: well, they uh, were originally going to film them back-to-back, Kills and Ends, um, mm. and they were casting them back-to-back, so I don't know if I technically auditioned for one or the, which one, but then they delayed the filming of Ends because of COVID, so now it's not hasn't been filmed yet. They're starting filming in January, I think.
0: Okay. So who knows?
1: Maybe I will get a call. You never know. I hope so. We'll see.
0: Probably too. I think I'm going to watch Kills tonight. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, dude, you should. I've been excited to. I think you'll like it. It's good. Cool, cool. Well, wait, this was the first time you had seen this movie, right? Uh yes. And what was really kind of fun about it was that we watched, well, we watched the first one like a long time ago, but I'd only seen the first one. Mm-hmm. And then for this podcast we watched the first 3, which came out like 3 movies in 4 years. We watched those like all in a week basically. And it has been like more than a month since then. Yeah. And now I've got to go and watch 4 Which felt really fun because this is also, this one came out 11 years after the last one. So Mm -hmm. there's like a big gap in between, and it felt like a big gap. So that was really fun. And also, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I was like very surprised by a lot of things in this movie. And I've been really looking forward to The Scream coming out next year, which Mm -hmm. I think we'll talk a little bit about at the end of the episode. And like a lot of my ideas of what might happen in that had already happened in this movie Mm -hmm. when I watched it. So that was interesting, but it was cool to get to revisit it. What about you, Emmett? Had you seen this one before? I had not. And I had a truly wild experience watching it last (laughs) night, but we we can get into that a little bit later. Okay. Or, or we can get into it now. I don't know. No, I'm just going to tell you all, this is what happened. So Mm -hmm. I have just, um, Well, to put it bluntly, I wasn't funny enough for clown school. And so I've come back across the country uh, in a blaze of glory. In five days, I've done something like 3,000 miles. I'm back in Chapel Hill. And last night, after getting into Chapel Hill at like 6 p.m., my friends were like going out to a Halloween party. And I was not interested in doing that. So I decided to stay alone in the house with all the doors locked and all the lights on, <laughs> watching Scream 4. <laughs> and at like two in the morning, when they called me and said somebody's somebody's trying to come back in to get their ID, go unlock the door. I was like <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Did that enhance the experience? Would you say? Absolutely. I would say this one more than any of the others. I was personally terrified for my own life, but it had nothing like very little to do with the actual (laughs) images on the screen that were frightening to me and more just like the overall idea and like how meta is it to get like murdered in a house while you're watching scream? Like that would happen in a scream movie. Obviously it does happen. in. Uh I mean, that's like kind of how this movie opens. So I was like, (laughs) I was not really prepared for how hardcore this one was going to be, especially after the last one. Like this one is full on. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's messed up. I'd say the third one, I feel like
0: there's a lot of like
1: gun play and like Mm. hand to hand, like more like combat kind of stuff in that one. And then in the fourth one, I don't know. They go for it a lot more when it comes to the blood, especially. So I feel like they're usually kind of like classy, I say in quotation marks. And then the fourth one. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, it went a lot more like hardcore with the kills. And I mean, even like I laugh when he says it, but when he's on the phone with Sydney and he's like, I'm going to slit your eyelids in half so you don't blink when I stab you in the face. I'm like, oh, my God, like bro chill. Yeah. Yeah. They go. They do go a lot farther with this one, which I like. I
0: thought it was good. That stuff is there a little bit in the first one, like the ghost face descriptions of the kills, Mm -hmm. but really not in two and three. And then it's like a couple of times you get it here Mm in four. Thor, as someone who watches a lot of horror movies, do you still get scared or is that like not really hmm. how it affects you?
1: Not really. It really depends on a particular like scene or something in a movie. I wouldn't say any particularly like movie itself scares me, but certain parts of movies hmm. would. The part like in the first one when he says, I wanna know who I'm looking at, that is just chilling, just in general. I think in the fourth one, the part like which closet is he in? Like when I first saw that scene, like at the movies, that that part was scary to me. Mm. I mean, you could kind of guess eventually that he's in like Olivia's closet and not theirs. Even so, that that was just scary to know. Like he's literally just like standing there, and they she didn't even know like when she was in her house when she first got there. So it kind of yeah, it kind of just depends on the sequence or something of the movie rather than the movie itself. But I don't particularly get like scared.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've watched. A lot more horror the last few years Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like the more i watch like the less i really get scared of them yeah but i also think it's like personal taste like things do still freak me out Mm -hmm. sometimes but it's not as much this
1: well we grew up a lot on like slasher type movies so i mean like friday the 13th part 8 when jason goes to new york city that movie is not scary <laughs> so like that's what we watched a lot growing up so that kind of definitely yeah. like desensitized me to some of those things mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. true like um like the witch like stuff like that like oh. that that movie was freaky yeah so slasher type movies aren't necessarily scary at Unless like like a jump scare or something, but those movies don't necessarily stay with me as much as something like The Witch or like the Conjuring or some like elements of those movies are uh more long lasting, I guess, than say like Scream Four.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're also this is maybe kind of closer to like thrill ride horror movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like A Quiet Place or Ready or Not are ones that I Love like that, movie. that aren't like scary but it's basically like you're in like a tense scene yeah like a tense chase for an hour and a half yes and it's over (laughs) yes you know i really like that but that doesn't stick with me like i'm not scared of it after it's just really exciting while you're watching it
1: yes they definitely have really high like entertainment value more just like stressful sequences and like the thrill of that is very entertaining and fun to be a part of but i wouldn't necessarily like say it scares me like to the core or anything but i like I like chase scenes, obviously, especially like in a movie like this. Like those are all like Mm. really well constructed ones are really fun.
0: I feel like this movie was kind of like the Force Awakens of the Scream Mm. franchise, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. It's like very much like the original. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's sequences that are directly just like reconstructions of sequences from the original Mm -hmm. in like really cool remixed ways that makes it feel more metal, but somehow like lacking whatever it was that made the original magical Mm -hmm. and the way that the original is both horrifying and hilarious Mm -hmm. pretty much consistently throughout.
1: Well, like how the first one was just in general, parodying horror films. And then the second Mm -hmm. one, sequels, third one, trilogies. And this one's more like, I hate the word reboot, but like reboot, remake, whatever.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel like there are moments of it that maybe harp on that a little bit too much to where it kind of like circles back around to where it's, parodying itself almost i get that that's like the focus of the movie but i do like the homages and like links to the original
0: yeah i like that the original like the climax times out with them watching Mm -hmm. the end of halloween and then this one times out with them watching the original stab Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is basically the original scream Mm -hmm. but as close to that as they can get.
1: So like when the first 3 came out, they made this like special collectors edition box set or whatever, and it came with an extra disc of special features and it was fake movie trailers for those movies from Scream 3. Oh, oh that's so cool. It's so cool and it had one for stab 1, there was one for stab 2 and stab 3. So they had all these like random actors come together and like, actually film footage and make trailers for these movies. It was it's so cool. That, it is that's amazing.
0: so funny. Yeah. I'm sure those are on, those have got to be on YouTube somewhere now, right? Like, oh, I'm sure. Uh, like? Sunrise, Sunrise Studios? Yeah.
1: Probably type that in and look for like fake movie trailers or something. And it, it has the ones that they mention in the third movie. It's cool.
0: And it was that uh, you were receiving a, a ghost face phone call in the <gasps> middle of this. Probably. It probably recording. was.
1: Oh, God. It sounds like
0: that landline dial tone.
1: You planned that. You planned it just for d- this
0: <laughs> <laughs> Admit it. <laughs> Oh, I do like... You're right. I do like scary movies. (laughs) Oh, Oh, right now? Yeah. uh, Sorry, got derailed. (laughs) Uh, I was saying, too, like, both of the points you guys were making about the remake and the reboot and everything. I thought it was really interesting that this movie does feel like A Force Awakens or, like, one of these more recent legacy sequels, Mm -hmm. like Candyman or Halloween, where it's, like, really about the first film directly following that rather than some of the sequels. Mm -hmm. But like, that's what it feels like. But the thing they are actually parodying is like all of the remakes in the late two thousands that she lists at the end in a really funny scene. Maybe not even funny. I just thought it was impressive that moment where she's like nightmare on Elm street. She lists all of them. Like that's what they're making fun of in this movie.
1: I always try to see like if she missed one and I can never think of any that she missed. I'm like, good job, Kirby.
0: God curvy love her yeah she's so good
1: definitely trying to be the randy of the 2010s i think that i mean that's what i guess they're going for with her character
0: i this is my suspicion is that she didn't die and that we're seeing her again you think she's still alive yeah i think she's still alive and we're seeing her in scream 5 that is my guess we've seen we've seen people like dewey take similar levels of stabbage and survive that's so fair. that's, that's what I'm holding out for. That's fair. Sydney in this movie gets stabbed in the stomach twice. Yeah. Is okay. She does. At the end. So <laughs> she gets stabbed in the stomach twice and then kicked in the stab wound several oh, times. In the hospital. Brutal. Scene. That's where she's like, up. how are those stitches? And then I hate punches her. God, I hate God. Her.
1: Jill sucks. She's so annoying.
0: She's like an unstoppable force in the last 30 minutes of this movie. Like the insane lengths she when goes she charges
1: to the glass photo or whatever and just breaks her face on it. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: that's messed up! Ridiculous. <laughs> oh my! When God. I
1: go back and rewatch it, obviously knowing how it ends, and I, uh-huh. I start noticing things, and I'm like, I should have picked up on that sooner. Like hmm. when they're all in class and they get the text that those first two girls were killed in the garage. She's the only one that doesn't get the text message. I was like, oh. whoa, yeah. She's the, one, the only one that doesn't look at her phone. And Kirby's like, whoa, they were murdered. And she turns around and she's like, what? I'm like, girl, you faking. I hate you. <laughs> she's so noxious.
0: Oh, and when she's like fake doing the voice on the call with the girl across the street. Yeah,
1: like she can't do the fo- the voice. I hate, she's so stupid.
0: It is wild to me that they, like the entire young cast of this movie gets killed.
1: They just get massacred, bro. <laughs> they just kill all of
0: them. <laughs> This has to be the highest body count of any of them, right? Like, everyone dies, pretty much. I
1: think so. Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Because they introduce a lot of characters. I mean, kill them all off. I mean, yeah. if you count all the kills from the opening of the movie, too, even though they're, like, movies,
0: then yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love all the random celebrities at the beginning of the movie. I think that's so fun.
0: I like how it feels like they're like they're like they're telescoping up eras. Until you get to, the, and you're like, oh, I know that we're finally in, like, the real movie world, because this looks like 2011. And, like, mm-hmm. the other one, you know, it's like, this looks like 2007, and then the other one looks like, mm-hmm. you know, 2001 or something. I, yeah.
1: Like, those people now, like, I don't even remember most of their names, but I know that they were, like, popular in 2011, because mm-hmm. they were on, mm-hmm. like, CW shows and that sort of thing. So, I, I like how they always incorporate, like, people who are very specific to that time frame mm-hmm. I think that's really cool and especially I mean like in the 90s like Courtney Cox had just got on Friends and you know they use her and like Drew Barrymore and all that stuff um, so they always I think it's always cool they use like cameos of people who were popular at that time that you wouldn't expect to see in a horror movie like
0: that yeah and there's that little meta moment where Allison Brie tells Courtney Cox like you were my 90s mm-hmm. in this one And then the weird moment where she talks about, like, the real-life romance between Mm -hmm. her and Dewey or maybe Courtney and David. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, their relationship, like, has been the movies because they... They met in the first one. I think they were engaged or something in the second one. They got married in the third one, which they got... He proposed to her in the third one. And then Mm -hmm. I think they divorced shortly after the fourth one came out. And they were having, like, marriage troubles in the fourth one, too. So it's super interesting how that is, like, written into the movie, but also, like, they live it out, too. So I'm curious what their relationship will be like in the fifth one.
0: I'm really worried they're not going to be together in the fifth one, just from what I've seen in the trailer. Yeah, because he's
1: in a tra- he's in a trailer by himself, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look yeah. promising.
0: I don't want to see it. I don't want to see him sad and broken up I know. Poor Dewey. I think you're going to have to start
1: preparing to say goodbye to Dewey. <laughs> I don't think he's going to make it in the fifth one.
0: <laughs> that's, what P- that's what the YouTube comments have been theorizing. I know.
1: I- they got it. One of the original three, I think they're gonna have to get it
0: i think they kill off both dewey and don't say it don't say no i do i think they do a double i
1: i love gail
0: i don't think sydney is killable no i (laughs) I think think i don't think
1: i don't think they would do that i I think that would be stupid
0: she's yeah
1: she is the movie come on and like why after 25 years like there's just no need really you know what i think i think randy's sister is in part five
0: Oh, that's a good theory.
1: I think she's one of the killers or something because two of the kids in the trailer, their last name is Meeks-Martin, so she has to be, they have to be her Uh, children or something. Wow. Oh, no, we'll see. That's Scream 5. So back to Scream 4. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, wait. Would you g- please give us the very brief stats on Scream 4? Yes, yeah, Scream 4 It's pretty much the, the crew from the old ones all back together on this one, which mm-hmm. is great. Directed by Wes Craven, the last film he directed before he died mm-hmm. in 2015. Written by Kevin Williamson, who's back after not writing 3.
1: And you can tell
0: you can tell (laughs) you can tell you can definitely tell when it started off with like the meta stuff about like the Saw movies. I was like, oh, yeah, he's back. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Welcome back. I'm very glad he was back (laughs) for the fourth one.
0: And music by Marco Beltrami, who did all four. I wonder if he I don't know if he's doing five because I know obviously Wes Craven isn't coming back, but he's the one who could tie it, I think.
1: Yeah, I love his music. His scores are always so good.
0: Running one hour fifty-one minutes, released April fifteenth, twenty eleven by Dimension Films. Budget of forty million, which is the same as three, and a box office of ninety-six. So it did good, but it is the smallest, the smallest box office in the franchise. Which I think is probably why they didn't rush to get another trilogy or another Scream Five out then. But yeah, that's what I got. Emmett, how would you describe the plot of this movie to anyone who hadn't watched it. The plot of this movie is that many years after the original Scream killings. 15 years. 15 years after Sydney has released a book on getting over fear. It's like a self-help book and she's kind of famous for that now. Sydney is part of the theater major to self-help book writer (laughs) pipeline. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. And then her young cousin is there. Is that Emma Roberts? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Friends of hers start dying in similar ways to people from the original Scream movie. And she's like, oh my god, uh, it's happening again. Sydney is trying to be there and like protect her. Um, as her aunt, aunt or her cousin. cousin. And it's like, they're trying to uh, make sure that the same horrible things that happen to Sydney don't happen to this girl, of course. It ends up that they pretty much all do. All of the friends are there. She's got creepy boyfriend who keeps coming around. Who we don't like. He just like keeps coming into people's houses without knocking. Uh, very sus. Mm-hmm. Is that Trevor? Trevor? Trevor sucks. Yeah, Trevor <laughs> sucks. Trevor's oh, bad. lame. We hate love. We hate Trevor. <laughs> uh, then then there is uh, Kirby. We love Kirby. Pour one out for Kirby. She's got a cool haircut. She's got a leather jacket. She's edgy. She's edgy. Mm. (laughs) She's the edgy one. Then we've got Olivia. I don't know what it was. She's like supposedly the hot friend, but she's also like super smart. She's going to law school, but that doesn't really matter because she gets murked. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a couple of film. There's another couple of film class geeks. There's one guy and we should talk about this who is streaming stuff like streaming everything his entire high school experience onto the internet mm-hmm. doing that. And he's like in a couple of years, this is what everyone's going to be doing. And there's a lot of cool stuff with that camera later in like the climax where like he's wearing the camera and looking at the screens and like the killer is behind him. And you know, like you see that I thought that camera play was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, or like when Courtney Cox is going around and putting up the little cameras in the place and then they all get turned around and she sees like the killer is there. Yeah. So cool. And Dewey coming to rescue her, seeing the killer come up behind her. Very tense sequences with the frames within frames in this Mm -hmm. movie. Okay, we got all those people. Um, There's the other film kid geek who does not make a very large impression. I feel like the long-haired kid. Charlie. I like both of the film geeks. But Charlie is the other Culkin brother. Mm -hmm. He's not Macaulay Culkin, and he's not Kieran Culkin.
1: He's Rory Culkin.
0: Rory Culkin, who did this movie, and I'm not sure what else, but damn, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's him. But I thought both of them were pretty good, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a bunch of people get killed. Oh, including the publicist or the like agent for uh, Sydney's book. Sydney somehow brings Gale and Dewey back into it because it's all happening in Woodsboro. Once again, the tension between Dewey and Sydney. You know that scene, that one scene that I'm talking about? When they're, um, he's like in the
1: living room with her and they're talking about the book. Yeah,
0: there's more chemistry in that scene than there is in the rest of this movie. (laughs) We all ship it. We want it to happen. (laughs) I'm very glad I wasn't the only one who noticed that. Because I was like, Am I reaching? But like it's it's like that thing in two again where they see each other and there's like so much more chemistry than there is between anyone else ever in these Yeah, movies. Yeah, there's something really wonderful there. There's something I hope that they mine that further in Scream Five because before he dies. Before he dies. Yes. Like really, really gut-wrenching. And then it looks like it's all going to come to a climax at a big barn party where they're doing a marathon of all of the Stab movies. There are now seven Stab movies. So that's kind of a joke about just like series that run on and on and on. Wade and I know something about those kinds of series already. (laughs) Uh, And then it doesn't. It instead ends at the after party. Um, just a few people in the house for a tense chase sequence, like pick them off one by one sort of scenario, where it is finally revealed that the killers are young Rory Calkin and Emma Roberts, who decided they want to be famous from having messed up lives. Then Emma Roberts betrays Rory Calkin, kills his ass, too, because of course she does. She sucks. She really and does. Then- <laughs> Um, and then she tries to kill sydney they're taken to the hospital this part is even wilder like you think it's going to end at the house it doesn't it's get, they go to the hospital sydney is gonna looks like she's gonna survive jill's like not on my watch she's not and she like <laughs> hobbles down the hall to go like finish sydney off and then sydney of course murks her ass because that's what that's what Sydney does. Like it's not it's not possible. Like if that goofus stew and Mrs. Loomis couldn't do it. <laughs> if if her own older brother couldn't do it, how you think your weak-ass little cousin is going to come up in here and kill you, <laughs> punch you in your stitches? Nah, she's dead now. And then try to kill Dewey with a bedpan. That was really rude. <laughs> Yeah, that was uncalled for. And then that
1: stupid, she's fine, but that deputy, Judy Hicks or whatever. Judy
0: Hicks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And
1: she comes like barreling in there. And then I, I was like, I thought she got shot in the head. And then she stands I also up, did. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, wear the vest, protect your chest. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> but she's going to be in part five though. So good for her. I'm glad she has another another film to be in.
0: Apparently when, when they were filming that, the thing about her having been in Sydney's class and like sat next to her mm-hmm. is a thing that they were originally going to have from the third movie. Oh, I didn't know that. That one of the killers was going to be a girl that had sat next to Sydney in class. And like the whole arc of the trilogy was that the first victim sat next to Sydney on one side and the last killer sat next to her on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that was in like one of the leaked screenplays. And so when in number four, she says, I sat next to you in class, everybody who saw who knew about the leaked screenplays. Immediately thought that the cop lady was going to be, like, had to be one of the killers for Scream 4. Interesting. I did not know that. They do make her very creepy in that one. They totally do. Oh,
1: yeah. She's, I was like, shoot her right now. Like, she's insane. <laughs> also, out of all of them, the third one seems like the most likely one to have two killers. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, no, just the one. I'm like, what? And then in the fourth one, I'm glad they brought back the two killer thing. Because I like that idea. I think that's cool. Because, you you know, you can usually guess one. And then the other Mm. one ends up being a surprise. But honestly, in the fourth one, I was was pretty surprised by both of them. Um, Especially Charlie's reveal when he stabs Kirby after she rescued him. I thought that was really interesting. I liked how they revealed that one. And then... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Freaking Jill, dude. Freaking stabbing Sydney. And then she's like, Oh, dear cousin. And i was like, shut up, Emma Roberts. You suck. (laughs) She plays the same character in every movie. I just want to point that (laughs) out. Yeah, I liked I liked the reveal of those two. And I thought that that was a a cool twist that ended up being a family member. Mm. Even though her motive is kind of trash.
0: Her motive was social media. I think there's some of the social media stuff has, like, aged really well Mm -hmm. in that it's, like, maybe even more relevant now or at Mm -hmm. least a few years ago Mm -hmm. than it was in 2011.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Some of it is very silly now. But, like, that sort of, like, the influencer speech about, like, what am I going to do? Go to school and work? Like, I need to get famous right now. Mm -hmm. And especially the streaming stuff. Because I feel like nobody was actually live streaming like that in 2011. And now that's, like, such a thing. Mm -hmm. So... And like this is this is pretty awful, but like there have been real like mass shootings that were live streamed, mm-hmm. where that was like part of the intention of it, which is, and I'm pretty sure that was since since this, not before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So very prescient about yeah. a lot of the way social media affects everything, mm-hmm. which was interesting. I love the dig at Facebook in here that it was already. <laughs> they were oh, saying yeah. it was already outdated 10 years ago at the beginning wow. she's
1: a facebook killer I th- she said what is it i think th- now it would be twitter that would make more sense or something like that i guess now it'd be meta yeah. meta instead of facebook i guess is what it would be now since they changed it the
0: <laughs> <laughs> this movie is more meta than facebook <laughs> oh wow yeah
1: i i like that i thought that was funny too and
0: it's it's Kristen bell and anna paquin that's so cool mm-hmm. yeah okay well thor what's up this movie scream Four, flop or bop dude i'm gonna say bop dude nice yeah
1: i I think the original one is always tops for me and then like just under it is part two and then just Mm -hmm. under that one is part four and then kind of well below part four is part three
0: (laughs) (laughs) fair wade flop or bop a bop for me i loved this movie and i was it totally took me by surprise i don't know i just thought it was like so entertaining so exciting, really so like brutal and violent. There were even parts where I was like, is this a little too much for Scream? But I guess maybe that's kind of the point mm-hmm. of that they're making about like the reboot always being needing to go further than the original or whatever. Yeah, but I love this movie. And I think it's very close for 2 to 2 with me as well. I think 2 has the best sequences. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I don't love the story and characters of two. And I think like the story and characters here are very compelling. So yeah. And that way I would say I think it's the best story since the first one. Mm. Wow. Emmett, what about you, Flopper Bop? I would say Bop. It is, for me, it was like very entertaining, very exciting. It didn't quite have the same level of tension sequence in like quite the same way for me as the first two. Mm hmm. That we've, like, kind of talked about how, like, you know, there's long house sequences. It is doing something else. I'm just not sure if I like that other thing as much. But, yeah, I still think it's very good. One of the most exciting movies I've seen in a long time. Do either of you feel, I feel like we've all mentioned this in some capacity. That this movie, like, goes too far in some aspects. hmm And not specifically about the violence, although maybe if we feel that. But just in, like, being the meta reboot. Mm-hmm.
1: I think there are some elements of it that are maybe scenes that try like maybe a little too hard. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if maybe that's a reaction to the third one, because the third one just feels like so different from the other ones, in my opinion. And so I don't know if they were like, let's just kind of, you know, correct the course. And it's not that they ignore two and three, but they don't really mention specific incidents in the second and third one. And so I think they're, you know, trying to get back on track with how the original one was. And so I don't know, like even the part where, um, When he stabs Anthony Anderson in the head, the cop.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: that's chilling. You know, I like when he's like swinging and in the background. I always thought this part was cool. Like Ghostface is standing there and his robe blends into the black. So you just see his mask. I always thought that was cool because it looks like it's floating Mm. there. But that whole scene just feels kind of out of place for Scream, in my opinion, because it seems it veers a little too comedic. So that, that scene has always stuck out to me as like it just doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the movie as far as the rest of it goes. So I don't know know if that necessarily answers the question of going too far, but I definitely think there are some elements to it that stick out, not necessarily like a sore thumb, but they just don't mesh quite as well with some of the other parts.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I would also bring that up, that like, same, like it's getting stabbed in the head is like being a little much, but that was just like, because of like, just how graphic, like how awful that is, Mm -hmm. but Yeah yeah i don't know it does and it does like feel like where is where is this in the overall arc of this story ah man i don't totally know what sydney's arc is in this movie yeah in terms of like what what she has gained from this movie
1: the part where um i think he calls her after gail gets attacked and he's like Oh, no, no, no. It's after Olivia gets attacked, which I will say that was pretty brutal when it f- shows yeah. the aftermath and there's like guts and stuff everywhere. I was like, yeah, that's excessive.
0: Yeah, that's um, too much.
1: And he is on the phone with her and he says, um, like, you're not the star. All you can do is watch. And so that ended up really becoming her part in the action of the movie was just to observe like what was going on, because it kind of he kind of sidelines her Ghostface like sidelines her until the <laughs> finale because they're like picking off everybody else around her. Yeah, that kind of ended up being like what her role was in the movie was just to kind of sit and experience what was happening around her. And I guess wondering if it was her fault since she came back to Woodsboro.
0: I also feel like this movie hints at maybe Sydney is responsible for it, but never quite Mm -hmm. leads the red herrings to be big enough that you actually believe it. Mm hmm. And I like wonder if it could be stronger if you did really question whether it could be her. Yeah. Yeah, there is that moment with Dewey, just that brief moment where he's like, everyone's a suspect, like you understand how it is Mm -hmm. with him and Judy. Yeah. Where it seems like they could do that. But I definitely thought it was going to be a body in her trunk when they open it
1: up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did too. I think that would have been more interesting than i mean a knife with like bloody posters on it
0: yeah a knife stabbed through a book
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it would have been a lot more interesting had it been like one of those girls from the beginning of the movie or something like they didn't find the other one's body and then they found her Mm -hmm. in the trunk of the car i think that would have been very interesting and would have definitely been more of a reason to keep her in woodsboro uh rather than like Mm -hmm. oh you had evidence in the trunk of your car well it's more compelling to be like you had a dead body in the back of your car
0: what happened to mcdreamy is what i would like to know right he was there with sydney eating popcorn at the end of the third one yeah
1: she has a wedding ring on in the trailer for part five
0: that's interesting
1: so i'm curious if he has some connection to it or like maybe he i don't know died in the line of duty or something and she keeps her wedding ring on who knows
0: he could be back home in this one that's we true just don't know
1: about it that's but true that's true
0: no mention of him either way. Wait, is there any behind the scenes drama on this we need to dig into? I don't have very much on this one. I think it's it actually seems like maybe the most straightforward of the sequel productions. Nice. Which we know had a lot of drama in both of them. The main difference that I read was that the original first draft of the script, the Williamson script, ended at the house. So all of the hospital stuff wasn't in it. And it ends with them taking Jill away and everyone's calling her a hero and taking pictures of her. And then like someone yells and says, there's a woman who survived. And you don't know if it's Kirby or if it's Sydney. And it was supposed to be like big cliffhanger leading into a Scream 5 where Jill is like the big bad guy overarching the whole thing interesting that's what i read and then i read that the all the hospital ending but also everything that takes place at the stabathon barn was added in reshoots Mm -hmm. or added in a in a rewrite during production because i know there were some rewrites while they were filming by aaron kruger who wrote three and who was a producer on this I think Williamson wrote like obviously the final draft of the script and probably some other drafts, but then couldn't like do couldn't be there on set because of all his other TV stuff. So um, some of that stuff was in rewrites.
1: Do you know if Gale was originally supposed to die? I remember seeing a trailer for part four where at the end of the trailer, it shows him like raising his knife about to stab her. And she says go ahead if you have the guts and he stabs towards her stomach and then it said like scream four and that was the end of the trailer. So I've always been curious if huh. they had, maybe they just filmed that, throw people off, but if the, maybe an original version of the movie, she died there or something or was maybe more seriously injured or something. I don't know.
0: I heard an interview with Craven before he died where he said like, if they were going to do a five, he would have killed one of the original three in it. <sighs> no. No. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know what that is about. Not to not to do the J.K. Rowling thing of like I should have done something different. Right. Also a J.K. Rowling reference in this movie, which maybe didn't age as well as the other stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.
0: Oh, Jill also has a U2 poster up, which I thought was very weird for a teenager in 2011.
1: She also had an American Werewolf in London movie poster on the back of her door.
0: She's a straight up sociopath. Like, I mean, you can't can't explain what she's. She's just trying to fit in with the other cool kids listening to what the other cool kids listen to. She's an enigma. talking about the references. I love that they're watching Shaun of the Dead. That mm-hmm. is a big Edgar Wright guy. And I love <laughs> when Stab comes up and it says, a film by Robert Rodriguez. That is so funny. I love that. It's so funny.
1: Gail's like putting the cameras down and when she flips the audience off behind her, it says, based on the book by Gail Weathers. I think that's so funny. <laughs> She's also one of the original three survivors that has not put on the ghost face mask is Dewey because Gail put it on in part four and Sydney put it on in part one. I
0: found that interesting. That's a good point. That Interesting. Is I think Dewey's pretty good in this. He's been maybe a little hit and miss mm-hmm. in how they've written him over the sequels but I think he is really good in this. And I like where they take his character. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Judy Hicks is supposed to take like some of the comedic burden away from him so where he can be like a little more of a regular character but I also don't know what they're doing with Judy Hicks. She's it's just, like, strange, strange. Strange.
1: She's like ends up being like a a caricature or something like the whole thing about her lemon squares the whole interaction she has with gail when gail wants to go into the interrogation room i'm like this is just odd i don't like it never i don't like it <laughs> no and then she survived and i was like why <laughs> just get rid of her
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: but she's in part five so at least you know the fifth one's acknowledging the events of part four because she's in the fifth one
0: but I don't know. All right. Now we are moving into the parts of the podcast where we talk about the best kill in the movie. Thor, I'll start with you. Hmm.
1: The best one as far as like carnage goes is definitely Olivia's when he comes Mm. out of the closet. I would say the one that has the most impact is probably Kirby's if she's dead. Mm. That one was probably the most surprising to me because I definitely thought she was going to get out of there. I guess Olivia tied
0: with Kirby. Wait, yeah, I think the the like string of them at the house at the end, like when everyone starts dying. Mm -hmm. I like the opening like before you find out it's a stab thing. I thought that was actually like genuinely very well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would either say the opening or the ants, which like actually got me when he stabs her through the door. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was sad. I also thought maybe it was her. Mm-hmm. Because she has, like, one line in this movie and it's being like, no one knows about my pain. And Something then she, like and then you
1: see her getting groceries and then she dies. <laughs> Damn.
0: That's the mom from Donnie Darko. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I love that movie. She looked really familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have known. Emmett what what is your best kill? Well, I like the all the like the lead up to you don't actually see it, but you get the lead up to and then like the aftermath of like the film guy who's streaming everything. Mm. I think that that whole sequence of him out on the porch and him like having the camera flipped around to behind him, and you think it's gonna come up at him out of the woods, and then he comes and he's right in front of him. It's just very cool, and then he like spills out covered in blood later and, and falls down on the porch which is always a fun, fun one too. But also just a shout out to the sequence of Emma Roberts beating herself up. Edward Norton style. (laughs) That part is insane. It just kicks. It's so, I I I was like, this is one of the most violent sequences of the whole movie. And it's one person against herself. Yeah. That was very cool. She like places the knife on the wall and jumps into it. Yeah. Gnarly. And just when
1: you know, this will suffice Jill. She's like, no, I will slam myself into a glass table and risk death.
0: Yeah, that part's crazy. You could tell someone really did that. Obviously, not Emma Roberts, but they've shot that from underneath. You can tell someone really jumped into that table. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then she tries to go and lay beside Sydney and pose like her. I was like, you're not worthy. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> Who would you say your MVP OTP is, Thor? your most valuable player other than the protagonist? who I don't really even know if we have a good idea of who the protagonist is. So the only person I'm taking off the table here is Sydney. Um, and anyone else is up for grabs. I would take out the original three, I feel like. The original yeah. three? Because they're kind okay. of in all of these. As okay. The line. All right.
1: Okay. Yeah, definitely Kirby. You got to go with Kirby. She's the one who has a sense of what's going on, knows essentially like what the rules are and stuff. She's likable. She's funny
0: a lot of the movie it feels like her movie it almost feels like she's the protagonist yeah and emma roberts is the side character yes which feels weird but makes sense i guess at the end
1: yeah they give her a lot of screen time and it's like that was just weird to me that oh well, you know maybe it, it was supposed to be left ambiguous or whatever but like that they would basically leave her for dead even though they spent so much time building her character up and making you like her so much yeah yeah but kirby that's what i'd say
0: wait Well, Kirby was mine as well, so I'll pick someone else now. But I think she is great. Her hairstyle is so cool. And I think the reason why... A reason why it feels like her movie is because Hayden Panettiere... I don't know how to say her last name. But I think that's it. Just has, like, star energy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) That No offense to Emma Roberts or to the rest of this young cast, who all do a good job. But she just, like, feels like... in movie star in a big movie star role Mm -hmm. yeah in a way that the rest of them don't yeah and so charming like she's awesome okay i would give it then to eric nudson as robbie mercer the kid who's always streaming Mm -hmm. okay i liked both of the cinema club guys but i feel like he has a really sort of like understated performance that ends up working pretty well in the end I like the moment where he's like not to implicate myself after mm-hmm. he <laughs> explains the rules of it. His final moments are all pretty gnarly and I think he like toes the funny, scary edge of this series really well. Um, he's also in uh, Scott Pilgrim right the year before this which he is, is another reason. Yeah, he's um, Crash. He's in one of the other bands. Crash. Oh. Was just for, i mean just for like one minute but i didn't know that that's cool emmet who's your mvp oh well see you've just taken some good ones <laughs> most of the good ones the only good ones besides the, the only good second. ones <laughs> honestly i would say a double sh- a double mvp to mm-hmm. anna paquin and kristen bell yes in that's the, so fun in the opening sequence mm-hmm. Uh that scene is really good And really just like well shot and intense and cool. Good for them for being in like a very meta little intro (laughs) bit to this. You have in our notes here the trailer talk for Scream 2022. This is going to be Scream 5 but it's just called Scream. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've talked a little bit about it, but just like what do we think of what it looks like and where do we want to see the series go from here? It's not being directed by Wes Craven, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's by the two men who directed Ready or Not, which I did really like. Mm-hmm. And it has different writers, too. It's not them and it's not Williamson. Mm-hmm. Although Williamson is producing. We should also mention there's a TV show that happened in between this. It isn't in, like, the canon of the movie series. And it doesn't star Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, or... No. Mm-mm. Or Cat, And doesn't even have Roger Jackson as the voice of Ghostface. Huh. Yeah. i I think what
1: is mike vaughn i think is the guy's name that does the
0: voice okay have you seen the show thor
1: i have seen the first two seasons um i liked it especially the first season was really good um it kind of i don't remember how many episodes it was i think maybe 10 in each season but each episode kind of modeled itself after like there was like one big kill every episode and they started like offing like main characters very quickly and very brutally I really enjoyed the first season. The mask is like an homage to the original mask. It doesn't like look quite the same, huh. but they, they throw it back to like a long lost sibling kind of narrative. And there's like a mystery to what happened in the town and et cetera, et cetera. Second season was pretty good. It picks up after that one. There was like a connecting Halloween special between one and two. That it was like a movie, almost like a little two hour thing. That was really mm-hmm. good. And then they greenlit season three, but then they, did away with everything one through two. So they didn't invite any of those actors back and they just rebooted the entire season or series and made a completely different show with different characters. Made no sense. So weird. And they go back to using the original mask and it was awful. I only watched the first episode and I was like, this is just terrible. I read about like how it wrapped up and it just sounded trash. Damn. Mm. But I would watch the first two seasons. I think it's on Netflix if you guys have that. Um, I think you can stream it on there. It's pretty good though. It's very MTV. I even think sometimes when there was a song playing in the background, it would pop up in the bottom corner, like what the song was and how you could download it and blah, blah, blah. I didn't care. <laughs> but the show itself was pretty good. The opening of episode one is excellent. It very much tries to be like an updated version of the Drew Barrymore sequence. Mm. And it involves Bella Thorne. That scene was okay. really, really good. That one was cool. Yeah. I liked it. That was pretty good.
0: Well, how about the new one? I'll, I'll ask you, I mean, how's it looking from the trailer? What do you want to see happen in this next one? I mean, this, this one looks even more brutal, if anything, than, mm-hmm. than four, like it's going to be even nastier and more violent, more hardcore. What I would be really interested in is seeing all of the original cast die. I would be interested in it oh. being Sydney as the killer, or maybe all three of them. Or some combination thereof, um, that they're taking it out on a new generation and that all of them are dead by the end. Mm-hmm. I think that is like where I would like this to go, where it feels like it could go. Otherwise, I don't really know like why they would be doing another one, <laughs> honestly. I feel like you could kind of say that about four, though. Yes. And because there is like a whole young high school cast, but then it isn't really about them yeah Mm -hmm. like it's really about our main characters i'm glad that the three are back and that they're not sort of like neglecting everything that's happened to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i don't think scream is like halloween or some of these other ones where there's like crazy timelines Mm -hmm. like it is really one story about these three people Mm -hmm. yeah and now i guess also judy hicks (laughs) so (laughs) sweet judy (laughs) i would like to see a dewey Gale weathers kid be one of the characters in the next one i don't know if the timing may have worked out since it certainly doesn't seem like they have one here so i don't know if they could be as part of the high school cast but i would just like to see some cool family connections Mm -hmm. which are hard to do in this series since most of the characters die when they're 17 (laughs) yeah but some sort of legacy family connections to the last movies i would like to see
1: i know that judy has a son in this one
0: okay I believe that all of the main characters who are or are all of the young cast characters, the victims are all relatives of the killers from previous movies.
1: May mm-hmm. I think the first one, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how, though, because I feel I don't know, like if one of them's like, I'm Billy's sister. And I'm like, but Sydney would know that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I guess.
0: Also, we'll this see. is 25 years after the first one, yeah. so it would have to be like a niece. Of yeah, their niece, Billy or Stu or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: telling you, it's gonna be Martha Meeks, guys.
0: Yeah, I could see it because that's another weird thing they introduce and then never do anything. And then
1: else. she just walks away. I would love for the fifth one, like maybe at the end of the movie, Sydney gets stabbed or something, and then you hear "cut," and then it's revealed the whole thing has been a movie within a movie. <laughs> super
0: meta it's all like it's all stab nine or like even okay
1: or it's just yeah or they were like filming a movie called scream and then like within Scream they're making movies called stab or at the start of the movie it opens and drew barrymore answers the phone and it's revealed that they have all just been playing characters and then in Scream five they're actually playing themselves (laughs) like nev campbell is playing nev campbell not sydney prescott and someone oh. watched all of these movies and they're now obsessed with them and they're coming for the actual actors playing the characters.
0: Oh, whoa. That would be cool. Isn't that the the premise behind The New Nightmare?
1: Yes. Which Wes Craven made. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, okay.
1: I love that movie. Yeah. That's like the best one of them, apart from the first one. I love The uh, New Nightmare. I think it's so cool. I would be very interested in seeing that because I think you could part with nev campbell playing nev campbell rather than sydney prescott because we you know had this character for so long and then if it's like oh it's she's playing herself just an actress i think that'd be like i don't know i'd be very interested in seeing that and i think it would fit with the meta aspect of the whole series yeah yeah
0: i do want to see some sort of tribute or like real connection to the west craven of it all yeah especially since he's the only one who's ever made one so far like, mm-hmm. yeah and this one is really well directed as a final film this is really holds up
1: Yes, I'm glad they made another one after part three.
0: Yeah, for sure. Felt like there was some weird like coloring or lighting in this one for some reason. Yes,
1: I've noticed that too.
0: I don't really know what was up with that, but especially when they were sort of like outdoors or oh, yeah, I noticed around that with the cars, natural light. For mm-hmm. sure. It looked really weird. Any final thoughts? Any other final thoughts on the movie
1: before we play a little quiz? Uh, I think it's the most underrated probably out of the franchise thus far. I feel like it gets kind of swept under the rug when people talk about those talk about the movies a lot and i think i think it deserves to be revisited and i think it will be a lot now leading into the fifth one
0: yeah i do think it's really good and shouldn't be ignored Mm -hmm. yeah i think this is very exciting i've loved watching this whole series having the experience i did with it last night was truly the best way to round out this movie series uh getting to watch it while terrified alone in the house very good so now we will turn to our quiz Today's quiz comes to us from Jamie Jurek at BuzzFeed. Um, the quiz is this quiz will help you decide what horror movies to watch next. So I thought we would all take it um, and see what horror movies each of us needs to watch next after having concluded the Scream series. Are you ready? Do you have it pulled up? <laughs>
1: yes, let's do it.
0: All right. All right. So uh, the first question we have, pick your horror preference, teens torture, meta, ghosts, slasher or supernatural. Got to go with slasher. I'm torn between a bunch. Ghosts and supernatural are also kind of the same thing. I feel like supernatural is going to have like aliens and vampires no, okay. and stuff. Okay, maybe that's not. I'm going to go with teens for this one. I'm going to go with supernatural. Pick a non-horror franchise. We got Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, or Twilight? I'm so
1: curious what will happen if I pick Twilight.
0: (laughs) But I'm going to go with Star Wars. I think I am too, although Jurassic Park is the most, like, a horror movie out of all of these. Like, Jurassic Park has those horror action sequences. But I'm going to pick Star Wars as well. I'm picking Jurassic Park, so we're going to find out. Pick a weapon. Knife, needle, bare hands, fire, axe, your mind like carrie perhaps
1: or Or the or the underrated tina Shepard from friday 13th part seven
0: wow i wouldn't know anything about it but
1: i'd (gasps) love to guys you should watch though she has telekinesis and she battles jason and it's so funny
0: that's awesome is that part seven yes okay what are you picking for your weapon
1: i'm gonna go with your mind i have to
0: (laughs) wait yeah i guess if i could use your mind that would probably be the most powerful (laughs) i'm gonna go with axe i'm gonna go with knife Pick a horror show. The Walking Dead, Stranger Things, The Haunting of Bly Manor, American Horror Story, Castle Rock, Lovecraft Country. American Horror Story. Um, I guess I'm going to go with Stranger Things, which is my favorite. Although I think not. I wouldn't necessarily call it a horror show. I've only seen Stranger Things and American Horror Story. And I'm going to go with American Horror Story because it seems more like horror to me. <laughs> Pick a classic monster. Ooh, Dracula. The Wolfman, Mummy, Frankenstein's Monster, Bride of Frankenstein's Monster, or The Invisible Man. I'm going to do Wolfman. I love werewolves. I'm going to go with my old fave, The Invisible Man. I think the creepiest of all of these is The Mummy. So I'm going to go with The Mummy. Pick a year. 1978, 1980, 1984, 1996,
1: 2004, or 2013. I got to do 96. I mean, that's when Scream came out. I'm going to do 2013.
0: I'm going to do 1978 on the thought that those old 70s horror movies are messed up. (laughs) Dude, that's when Halloween came out. Finally, pick a one-off horror movie. The Cabin in the Woods, It Follows, Get Out, Oculus, The Witch, or Hereditary. I'm going
1: to go with Oculus. I like that movie a lot.
0: I haven't even heard of it. Never seen it.
1: It's about a haunted mirror and it can like make you see things that like aren't there and alters the reality that you're in. It's really cool. Damn.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with my favorite movie of all time. It follows.
1: Dude. Damn. Yes. I love that movie.
0: Which I love so much. I hope maybe if David Robert Mitchell ever makes another movie, we can do him on the pod one day. Cause I don't know how else it is a one-off as they say here, but I love that movie so much. I'm going to go with the witch. Yes. Yes. Uh, just a truly horrifying film. Okay, so would you like to read your results? I got Halloween. I got Friday the 13th. Yes. I also got Halloween. Hey. Wow. Apparently there's 11 potential film options for you to binge in this horror franchise. And the horror franchise that started it all, apparently. There's two Rob Zombie versions. Don't watch
1: those. Please don't. Oh, really? (laughs) As your friend, I must tell you, just don't. (laughs) <laughs> good to know especially his version of halloween 2 it's the worst movie i think i've ever seen wow
0: well so is there anywhere where people could like find your online voice your thoughts your feelings any projects you might be working on uh yeah
1: i post a lot of that and share it on instagram so uh, at jonathan thor rains i'll be sharing photos of my halloween costume Later, if you'd like to see it, I'm doing a mash a mashup of Qui Gon Jin and Pinhead from Hellraiser, and he's going to be Qui Gon Pin.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, that is so good! Oh, (laughs) I can't wait! I can't wait to see it.
1: After a very brief three minute Google search, I realized no one's done this before. (laughs) Hold on, I'll send you a picture of the makeup thus far. I just texted it to you. Oh my god, it's for a costume contest, so I hope I win.
0: that's so cool oh my god it looks so good that's wild oh uh, well awesome thank you so much wow for for being here with us today oh yeah it's a lot yes, of fun thank you yeah this was an awesome way to close out the series so far up next on friday we're gonna have our scream finale and ranking episode and that's when we will also be announcing our next series And in 37 weeks, please join us when we discuss Jordan Peele's Nope. Until then, dear listener, stay freaky, stay scared, stay frosted. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Wade lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. Wade also edits and mixes the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at Cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week.